Welcome to episode six of the Gentleman Podcast, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to. Today, we'll be talking about Martin Luther King, but I want to start with this. Did you know Martin Luther King had a brother and a sister? Because I didn't until a week ago, but I looked up who his brother, which was his younger brother, was, and his name is Alfred Daniel Williams King, also referred to as A.D. King. He was also a pastor, and he was also arrested in 1960 in the lunch inn uh, sitting in Atlanta. In 1963, he became a leader in Burm- of the Birmingham campaign, while he was also pastoring at the First Baptist Church of Inslee in Birmingham, Alabama. Also, in May of that year of becoming the pastor and becoming a leader of the campaign, his house was bombed, but much like MLK, his brother, he chose to opt for the nonviolent strategy because a lot of people began pro- protesting because shortly after his house was bombed, I, I forgot what it was, but something else also that year was bombed. And a lot of people wanted to, to riot. They wanted to start, they started throwing rocks at the police and AD jumped on a car and told them to, you know, we're going to do this in a nonviolent way. And did you know also he was there when his brother was shot? He was actually the room in the room under beneath the balcony when the shot was fired and he had to be restrained from going to his brother because of how how much shock he was in. But not only that, he only lived one year after MLK was assassinated. He was found in his pool dead from an accidental drowning. But his father noted that he was a good swimmer. And obviously it was easy to believe that he drowned because what, what has the stereotype for the longest been of black people? That we, what, can't swim. So that was easy to believe. And much of the time he was left in the, in the back, basically in the shadow of his brother. He wasn't in the limelight. And he actually loved being out of the limelight, stated by one person that it never seemed to bother AD, that he didn't get the recognition that his brother was getting. And that was completely fine to him. Even when his brother was assassinated, a lot of people thought AD would step up, but he didn't. He chose to opt to still stay and behind the scenes and out of the limelight. Which brings me to what I really want to talk about. Conspiracy, right? Because they believe AD was assassinated like his brother. But in that, in his circumstances, it's harder to prove because there's not much evidence. If you go to YouTube or you're watching this on YouTube, Look up Vlad TV, Judge Joe Brown, and where he states that James Earl Ray was not the killer. In fact, he was about to find James Earl Ray innocent of killing MLK, but he died of kidney and liver complications in prison, which, you know, that could be sketchy because then you have to rewrite all the history books. Possibly, because they it didn't get much attention about what I'm about to talk about. 
But Joe, Judge Joe Brown in the video states that the homicide file for the Memphis Police Department back then in 1968 reached the conclusion that Gerald's James Earl Ray was not the gunman and he wasn't even in Memphis that day. Little behind uh, what people don't know is that Gerald's James Earl Ray was actually in prison, in a state prison, they say, and he had been planning in prison to commit this crime. So that's some things that they don't talk about also. He also goes on to state that the shot came from the fire department, the Memphis Fire Department, and the gun used has something to slow the velocity, when, which then changes the sound of the shot to confuse where it truly came from. Now, I would describe what, what he said happened to Martin Luther King. Basically, he says they almost missed the shot and due to the, the slowing velocity. And it hit King in his right cheek. Uh, knocked out some teeth, wrecked his tongue, basically bounced around in in the um under skin in the throat area, and ended up in the back in his back scalp under the skin. Now, hold on. Now here's the interesting part. King Martin Luther King Jr. survived the shot. All right, but if he was to survive the shot. He would be taken to, now this isn't what's in the video right now, what I'm about to talk about. You have to look this up. You have to Google this part. Um, basically, in the Joe, the Vlad TV interview with Judge Joe Brown, he just goes over that James Earl Ray was not the shooter, that the gun that James Earl was found with was not the gun that was used to kill King, and that I think he said the notches, Forgive me, I'm not a gun expert. I know how to use guns, but I'm not an expert with the barrel and the bullets, basically how they're made. But he said that the gun use had 11, every 11 inches it had a notch, and that the one that James Earl had had 10 inches. I mean, uh, um, every 10 it had a knot or something like that. And that the gun that James Earl also had had a manufacturer defect. So it couldn't have been the gun that was used to kill Martin Luther King. The bullet does, wouldn't even work in that gun. But moving on. So if King was to survive the shot, he would be taken to a specific hospital. And there, at this hospital that he went to, which is the hospital he went to, I'm talking about that hospital, he would be smothered to death. Google it, do your research. Now, in my personal opinion, based off of what Judge Joe Brown described, that where the bullet hit, how it wrecked his tongue, how it bounced around, and he goes into specifics of what it hit in the throat area. Those are words I don't know how to pronounce. I'm not finna butcher any words. Um, because of the damage that happened to me, and forgive me for saying this, I don't think it would have mattered if he would have survived, if they wouldn't have smothered him, because if your tongue is wrecked, you wouldn't even be able to talk. Back then, in, in 1968, those type of wounds, one, he's black, and it's in a racist time. He's not going to get the medical care that is truly needed over the lifetime to, to live a peaceful life and not be in pain all the time. So, and he would, like I said, he wouldn't even been able to talk again. So, to me, it doesn't matter whether he was smothered or if he died on the balcony 
in context, it matters because you have to think how well thought out that this assassination plan. So they had a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. It was planned, thoroughly planned on how to basically get rid of Martin Luther King. But to me, he, though that damage, I mean, he would have been in too much pain for the rest of for how much longer he would have lived if he wouldn't have died that day. And we know what happened with certain black figures in the 70s into the 80s, how when they were in medical care, they would, you know, be trying to like, uh, with Tupac's mom, they tried to kill her in the ambulance. They tried to push the, where she was shot at, they tried to, you know, push that bullet in worse and all type of other stuff. Um, moving on though. So this was a well-planned assassination. It was said in the transcripts from the case that King, the King family won in 1999 that there is this whole thing about the bushes. So many witnesses saw figures in the bushes and the shooters coming down over the bushes and running. The, the next morning at 7 o'clock, Inspector Sam Evans from the Memphis Police Department pulled Maynard Stiles, the administration of the Public Works Department, and told Mr. Stiles to get a team out there and cut those bushes down. At 7 a.m. on the 5th of April, a team is sent to cut the bushes down. Now, that what does that mean in police terms? It means that you have totally devastated and changed the scene of a crime so that it's never the same. If there are no bushes, there can be no snipers. So that is the kind of thing that they did. This unfolded throughout. So like I said, it was a very thorough plan, a plan to cover up every person. But everybody talks how also uh, what Joe, Judge Joe Brown says in the Vlad TV that it was a team of two, basically a sniper and a spotter that was in the fire department. So, and how it says in the transcripts, if you go read it, I'm going to tell you where to find it, that how they found out about it was one of the guys from, I don't know if it was the sniper or it was the spotter, told a friend what they had did and all the other stuff. And that's how all this information ends up coming to light. So this is proven, but we never talk about it. I haven't seen anybody talk about it yet. There's a link in my bio on Instagram where you can view the transcripts from the case, the King family won in 1999 against the government, proving that they conspired to kill MLK, or you can just go to kingcenter.org to find the transcripts. But it's a shame that MLK and AD parents had to bury their own sons and outlive them. I, I believe MLK Sr. lived to 1985 and I believe, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot her name. Their mother, MLK Sr.'s wife, lived to 1974 and MLK died in 1968 AD died in 1969. But that's all I really have. I really wanted to go over this, talk to y'all about it, go in depth about the assassination and how it was proven that it was a conspiracy by the government. Uh, some of the things that I read that one of the reasons why they conspired to kill MLK was because he was about to do another major march on Washington called the Poor People's March in which they said that it would destroy, in a way, 
the economics of what was going on. They were going to redistribute the wealth. So that's something also to read upon. But in this time, during Black History Month, we have to really fully and thoroughly try to educate ourselves on what really happened so we can navigate and make the black community better. Like I said, we need to, in the last video, need to focus on black nationalism. How can we distribute our money into our community? But also, just because we're trying to get people to buy black, if you're not giving a good product, if you're not doing great customer service, you can't expect for somebody black, excuse me, to support you. You have to have a good product. You have to do every, all your research thoroughly. You can't be giving out BS and expect people to support you. If we're going to buy black, make sure that you're treating black people well and you don't get to a point where you turn your back on the same people that put you on like a lot of us tend to do. This was episode six. Next episode will be Mark, um, Malcolm X part two. I'm your host, Ray, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to. And I'm out. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, yeah, please share this one. A lot of people need to know, but I'm out.